the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I want to talk about the privilege and the power and the subject of prayer. So I've I've talked about this on previous programs before, but I think right now, with some of the things that have happened in the early part of the year here, there's a heightened awareness and a heightened attention that has been given to the power of prayer and prayer in general. And so I think it's a good time for us to talk about that. And I have some 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 viewpoints on prayer that um, may be very obvious to everybody, but I think I also have some, some thoughts on prayer that might be thought-provoking for you as the audience. So uh, I, I want to talk about prayer um, it, from just a subject matter, and then I want to look at some different scriptures that speak specifically about prayer. And first, let me just talk a, a, kind of from a personal viewpoint on what my thoughts are on prayer. And I will start with the fact that I I find that it is such a privilege that we have the opportunity to pray. Now, first of all, when I say the privilege to have the privilege to, uh, to, to be able to pray, it's important that we understand who we are praying to. And I, that may sound like a, just a, a minor point, but it's not a minor point. Um, there is only one God. And I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture where the Lord God says, I am the Lord God, there is no other. And when I say that, I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God there has ever been. He is the creator of everything. And he's the only true God there ever has been or ever will be. But in today's world, there is a thought that, well, um, the God that I pray to could be uh, the same God that the Muslims or the Islams or the uh, the Jehovah Witness or the um, Hindus pray to. And so without being offensive to anybody, it's to me the first thing we need to understand is who are we really praying to? And that's an, a very important subject or a very important uh, matter that needs to be settled. So when we talk about prayer, the very first thing we need to understand and stop and think about is who it is that we're praying to. And so, uh, as I mentioned, 
Um, who I pray to is the only true God there has ever been. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. He is the God of Israel. He is the Father of our Lord, of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He's all powerful. He's the Almighty. That's who I pray to. And so when I stop and I think about the privilege of prayer, knowing it, who it is that we pray to, stop for a minute now and think about the awesome privilege that we have with this thing called prayer. To know that I can, I can go to the creator of the universe. I can go to the creator of everything, heaven, earth, the universe, created me. He created you. He says over and over again in the Bible, before you were even in the womb, I knew you. Before you were conceived, I formed you. That's an amazing thought to me. But then the thought that I have access to go into the prayer, into the actual presence of God through the privilege of prayer. It's a, it's an overwhelming thought. It's a humbling thought. It's a thought that we don't spend enough time really meditating on and and thinking about because I will tell you that, um, and, and in my book that I wrote several years ago, I had one chapter on prayer, and I said in that chapter, I'm going to paraphrase now, but I may have mentioned in that chapter that if if we really had a, an, a factual, actual concept of who it is we're praying to, and the power of who it is that we're praying to, it would revolutionize our lives. And I, I still feel the exact same thing. When you stop and really think about and try to wrap your mind around the fact of who it is that we have the, uh, have the privilege of praying to, and that he's the creator of everything, and there is nothing outside of his realm uh, of what he can and can't do. The Bible says all things are possible with God. Um, there is nothing too hard. He says in Jeremiah, I am the Lord God. Is there anything too hard for me? And the simple answer is no, there's not. So if we think about the privilege of prayer and who it is that we pray to and the fact that there's nothing too hard for him and that all things are possible with him, a, why would we not spend a lot more time in prayer? B, why would we not be more serious about our prayer life? And B, why would we not pray to him about things that are not just minimal in our life, but are major things in our life and major things in the lives of others and major things in the world events? And with some of the things that we've watched recently, uh, I find it ironic, I find it humorous, that it takes something like, and I'm just going to mention it, that it takes something like a NFL professional football player having a heart attack and dropping on the field for what it seems like the majority of the nation to go get real serious about prayer and pray for healing for this young man at a time when it's uh, it just seemed to have captured the country. And so stop and think of that, about that phenomenon. We had a young man who dropped 
fell, um, had a heart attack, dropped, stopped breathing on the football field. And so with that, in that particular moment, we saw men come together and, and uh, all of a sudden the political correctness went out the window. All of a sudden the attitude of, well, I don't think somebody should be praying on a football field. That thought and that attitude went out the window and immediately you had a, a large group of people on the field kneeling in prayer. You had um, tens of thousands of, people's, uh, of people in the stands joining those men on the field in prayer. And then um, almost instantaneously, you had millions of Americans watching this game around the United States that stopped what they were doing and entered into prayer. And then in the days after that, you had prayer worldwide offerings of prayers for this young man for his healing. And then as he was being healed, Everybody was amazed, and you heard people coming out and talking about the power of prayer. And so, again, I do. I find it ironic. Why does it take something like that for us to put put aside the political correctness of, oh, you shouldn't be praying on a football field, or you shouldn't be praying in public, or that there's some people who are offended by prayer? Um, You know, I find it curious that, you know, people are going to stand around in a group and they can tell crude jokes or stories. But if a group of people stand in a circle and get quiet and bow their heads in prayer, it offends some people. To me, it is astounding that we have gotten to the point where we let a few people who may be offended by group of people getting quiet and in reverence to God praying that that, that uh, those few people who may be offended by that can voice their opinion and it's caused the rest of us to cower in submission to those people. When realistically what we should say is, uh, the first thing we should say is if this offends you, then you've just been included in our, in our, and made our prayer list because we should be praying for those people who are offended by prayer. However, in a more bold statement, we should say we don't care it, if it offends you. If it offends you, either A, leave the premises, leave the room, turn off your television. But if we if us praying offends you, Sorry, we don't know what to tell you, but we will not and we cannot and we uh, absolutely won't stop praying. That should be the response of all people who uh, stopped when they saw this football player and joined in prayer. That should be our response 100% of the time, in my opinion. You know, I am am humbled. And I told you in my book, I wrote, something that I, I made a comment about the fact that if we really stopped and thought about the privilege of prayer and who it is that we get to pray to and the power of who we get to pray to. And I will tell you also, when I wrote that chapter in my book, I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of responded to me about my prayer life and said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Craig, because you knowing about the privilege of prayer and seeing God work in your life like he has and knowing who it is that you pray to and the power of who you pray to and that he's on his throne in heaven, your prayer life is an embarrassment. And I, and I was, I was ashamed. I was, 
I was humbled. I was embarrassed because, you know, a lot of us will take a few moments in prayer and we may pray once or twice a year. We may pray once or twice a month, but when we look at what the Bible has to say about prayer and what some of the different scriptures I'm going to go over say about prayer, I, I, I'm embarrassed for myself, and I think a lot of us ought to be embarrassed about our prayer life. And so let me ask you a question here. How is your prayer life? Have you really stopped and thought about your prayer life? Have you stopped and maybe examined and really got quiet, got still before the Lord and said, and ask yourself this question, how's my prayer life? Do I pray often? Do I pray for other people? When I pray, do I maybe offer up a prayer and then get quiet because maybe God wants to respond to that prayer? Do I pray for things that I know only God could do? Like this football player, they said, you know, the power of prayer is that look what God can do in healing that young man. Folks, like I said, if we understood really clearly who it is we're praying to, it would radically change our prayer lives because this is a God who can change governments, who can raise up and destroy nations, who can, he created the universe. And yet our, our prayer lives, we pray about the puniest simplest things, and we don't do it very often. But what about praying to God for things that we know only he can do? That when he moves, we can say, that is the power of prayer. That is God Almighty. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob moving on our behalf and answering a prayer. Uh, As you can tell, I'm passionate about it. I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm so grateful for the privilege of prayer. And I think it's something that we all should be um, insightful about, thoughtful about, more conscious about, and we should be more active about. I'm going to take my first break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro. I'm talking today on the program about the power of prayer. And I I think it's a a relevant subject with some of the things that have recently taken place in the country. You know, I go back and I remember um, right after 9-11 in 2001, uh, there was such an outpouring of, uh, of prayer and people reaching out to God and praying for our country. And I I think it, um, it dissipated as quickly as it as it happened, and with some of the recent events that we've seen, um, you know, there's been an emphasis on prayer and the power of prayer, but I think it'll dissipate again pretty quickly. And so, when I talk about the subject of prayer, I will just tell you in my own, I'm going to give witness in my own personal life. I spend a lot of time on a daily basis in prayer, and I pray about the simplest of things. I pray uh, for in my prayer life. I'll just give you a glimpse into it. I, in my prayer life, I, I try to always start in my prayer life um, in in a reverent way. You know, Jesus said, "When you pray, pray like this." 
our our Father who art in heaven. So I try to start in a reverent manner, giving uh, glory to God, who He is, and that He's on His throne in heaven, and uh, and and really acknowledge Him before I begin to ask for things. And so I I, I try to start my prayers with acknowledging who He is, and um, uh, and it's hard for me or hard for any of us to really give Him glory to the level that's he that he's deserving of because he is worthy of the greatest praise and the greatest um uh, the greatest uh, worship that we can give him and so i be, i try to begin my prayer life uh, on a regular basis in from that attitude um jesus said hallowed be your, his name and 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 i try to take time from uh time to time and meditate on really on who God is and, and his name and that um where he that he sits on the throne in heaven and that he he knows everything nothing comes through him nothing happens that he's not aware of uh, I try to spend time med- meditating on his majesty his omnipotence his sovereignty his grandeur his power and so in my prayer life I try to pray on a I do pray on a daily basis and I find myself praying several times a day, and I will pray about the small things in my life. Lord, thank you for uh, waking me up today. Uh, I, I'm asking you, Lord, to, uh, for, and I always ask for his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness because, folks, on my greatest day, I need God's grace. I need his mercy and his forgiveness because on my greatest day, I miss the mark. On my greatest day, I fall short of the glory of God. On my greatest day, I need the covering of the blood and the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ. So I try to acknowledge that in my prayers. And so I will pray about the small things in my life. I will be grateful and thankful in my prayers. But then I I, I try to make sure that I pray for some other people every day. And I I know some people that have a prayer list, I love that. I don't have a ongoing running prayer list, but I try to be mindful and pray for some other people, people that are close to me. Obviously, Micah, my wife, our kids, our grandkids, the rest of our extended family. And then I pray for my business partners and uh, the people who are in my realm of influence. And then I try to reach out and pray for some other people. But again, I made this mention, if we really thought about who it is we pray to, it would revolutionize our prayer life because I find myself praying for God to move on things that when the, when he moves on these things, I know that it's no one else that could do these things other than God. I think it honors God. When we pray to God about something that only he can do. And I think sometimes God's sitting on his throne in heaven, looking down and I think, and I'm not trying to be presumptuous about what I know God's thoughts are here, but I almost think sometimes God could be on his throne looking down going, could I please get somebody to pray a, a really, really effective, large prayer? I need somebody to pray about this subject or this subject or this subject. I'm looking for someone to pray about these things so I can move in these areas. I know that may sound like a radical thought, but I believe God is that kind of a radical God where he's saying, I want to move in some areas, and I'm looking for some people to pray about these areas. So I want to look at some scriptures now about prayer. 
because my go-to is always going to be the Bible. What does God say about prayer? What does the Bible have to say about prayer? And I'm going to look at several different verses here. And I'm going to start in uh, the book of Philippians. And Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And this is a, a, a couple of verses that I have gone to hundreds of times. And like most people that are listening to this program right now, there are certain times that I worry about things, that I that I that I, I carry things, that I get anxious about certain things. You know, the Bible says, "Do not fret; it only causes harm." But there are times when I do fret. There are times when I do worry, and I and I'm anxious about things. And so, this is a wonderful couple of verses that Paul offered us in Philippians. And if you have your Bibles, open them up to Philippians chapter four, and I'm going to begin reading in verse six. And Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Wow, right there. That's an overwhelming statement and an overwhelming thought. God says here in his word, be anxious about nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. And yet we all worry about certain things. And and here Paul says, be anxious about nothing. But in everything, by prayer, and supplication. Now, let me stop and talk about this. For And I'm going to give you an example of something that happened in my life years ago. I had a buddy of mine. He owned a piece of property. And he said to me, he goes, uh, we were talking about it. And he goes, I've had this piece of property and I've had it on, I've had it for sale for several years now. And I haven't had any people offer anything on it. And I said, have you prayed about it? And he goes, well, I mean, what do you mean? I said, have you prayed about this piece of property? And he said, I didn't know that's something I could pray about. And I said, well, the Bible says pray about everything. And he said, okay, so you're telling me we could pray about the Lord helping me sell this property? I said, absolutely. And we prayed and I said, Lord, please bring somebody to the table here that wants to buy this property that has the capability and the wherewithal to buy this property and bring somebody to this property to buy this property. And I'm not making this up, folks. That uh, the, the following weekend, he got an, a phone call and he got an offer, and, and it was an offer that he accepted on this piece of property. God says, why, why, if I'm telling you, pray about everything. And so Paul says here, be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer, and supplication. And I remember the first several times I saw that word supplication, I thought, well, the Bible, it says prayer and supplication. And if you Google that, and I actually have done a Bible study on this, I should share it on the air one time, sometime soon. But do a Bible study on prayer and supplication, and you will see several times in the Bible where those two words are cousins. They're included together. Prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. And so I started thinking, well, what's the difference? What is the difference between prayer and supplication? And the word supplication, if you look up in the original either Greek or Hebrew language, you will see that supplication is a very intensified prayer. It said Jesus offered up prayers and supplications in the garden. Okay, prayer is when something in 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 the um, in the um, the concordance. Uh, you'll see it that it says to beg, to earnestly beg, to petition, 
to strongly ask for. So there's prayer that we give, which is thanksgiving and um, some some maybe some, offer up some daily prayers and then supplication. I, the uh, the way I have phrased this over the years, supplication is like prayer with a turbo charge on it. It is serious. Get down to business. Um, Lord, I, I must, um, Lord, I need to come into your presence and I need to talk to you about this. It is intensified prayer. It is begging the Lord for something. And you might say, yeah, but you know, if we pray to, to God about something, why do we need to, to beg him about that? And I'm going to give you another word, another word picture. You know, if my grandkid comes to me in July and he says, hey, Poppy, I would like to have a bicycle for Christmas. Okay, then he's asked for something. But if between July and Christmas, he never again mentions a bicycle, I may get him that bicycle, but he may not really even care about getting that bicycle by Christmas. However, if every time I see my grandson between July and Christmas, he says, Poppy, Remember, I want a bicycle for Christmas. Poppy, remember, you know, the main thing I want is a bicycle for Christmas. Poppy, I've been online looking, and I want a green bicycle for Christmas. Poppy, I found the bike I want for Christmas, and then he texts me pictures of this bike. He asked me 25 times for a bike for Christmas. Do you think there's any better chance that my grandson's getting a bike for Christmas? (laughs) The simple answer is, you know what? If I have have it within my power to make it happen... You know what I know. That boy's getting a bicycle for Christmas. That is a, a, a word picture of a supplication. It is intense asking. It is potence, uh, intense petitioning for something that we need or want or need God to move on our behalf. That is a sup, that's a great word picture for what supplication is. So Paul here in Philippians says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is a key part of prayer. In other words, we don't just need to ask God for something. We need to ask with Thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that you are willing to hear this prayer. Thank you, Lord, that I can come to you about this in prayer. And Lord, I'm thanking you now in advance for moving on my behalf in this prayer. Lord, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Lord, this is something I need. This is something that I'm asking you to move on my behalf or the behalf of someone else. And, Lord, I'm thanking you in advance that you hear it and that even before I finish praying that, you're, that you hear it and that you're already moving on this behalf. So it says here, in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, and he says, let, let your request be made known to God. In other words, Paul's saying, Tell God directly what it is you want. Be specific in your prayer life. Listen, when this young man got hurt on the football field, it was a clear prayer that millions of people were offering up. Lord, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to heal this young man. This is something only you can do, Lord. Please heal this young man. I'm asking for it, God, in Jesus' name. And that's important that we ask in Jesus' name. Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, in my name. It will be done if it's according to the will of God. So Paul here says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be specific. And then he says, and the peace of God, 
Boy, don't we need that in our world today, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And you know what? When you're really serious about your prayer life, you will find that the peace of God does surpass all understanding. It makes no sense. And he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Everything needs to be done through Christ Jesus. Know what it does? Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say through Allah. It doesn't say through Buddha. It doesn't say through an, uh, some foreign God that you made. No, it says through Christ Jesus. I'm going to take my second break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I'm talking about the power of prayer. And before we went to break, I was in a verse in Philippians, and I want to read these two verses again because it takes me right on to my next verse. Uh, Paul in Philippians chapter 4 says, Be anxious for nothing. He says, Don't worry about things, but be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I told you, it's important. Every one of the, those two verses, you could, you should spend time just meditating on those two verses. And then those two verses take me, flip over to the right, to 1 Thessalonians, also written by the Apostle Paul, and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Listen to what Paul says in verse 16. I'm going to read 16 through 18. And Paul says, rejoice always. It's difficult for me. I don't always rejoice. But Paul says, rejoice always. I almost feel like he needs to put in the rejoice always, Craig. But he says, rejoice always. And then he says this, pray without ceasing. Now, you remember back over in Philippians, it says, in everything by prayer and supplication. Now he says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? Somebody would say, Craig, I can't walk around all day praying. No, what we what we can do is we can stay in a prayerful mode, in a prayerful mindset. I'll give you an example. I'm listening to the radio driving to the studio today, and something came on my mind, and I just reached over and hit power and turned the radio off for a minute and and, and, and spent a couple minutes in prayer to God about something. I pray several times a day. There are some days where I may I may pray 20 times. There's other days where I may pray seven or eight times. But I'm always in a mode where if somebody says to me, hey, can, can, can you pray for me about something? And let me just give you something a, 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 a side note on that. If somebody says, could you pray for with me about something? And you go, yeah, listen, I'm going to pray for you about that. You know what you need to do? You need to make sure you pray about that. When somebody says to me, can you pray for, about something for me? Yeah. You know what I need to do? I either need to stop right then and go, let's pray. Are you somewhere we, we can pray right now and pray together? Or if I'm going to say, look, I'll, as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to pray for you about that. When I get off the phone, I need to pray about that. We're, it's easy for us to say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you about that. And then we forget about it. We need to try to be conscious. When we tell somebody we're going to pray for something about it, uh, for them about something, we need to do it. That's just a little bit of a sidebar note. But here in Thessalonians, Paul says in verse 17, pray without ceasing. That's kind of like pray, pray, pray about everything. Because Paul says, pray without ceasing. 
in everything. There it is again, in everything. And Paul says, give thanks. There it is again about being thankful again in our prayers. So there Paul says, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. And then he says, for this is the will of God. Folks, that ought to tell you right now, right there, a lot about prayer. You know what? It's God's will that we pray. It's God's will that we pray about everything. It's God's will that we pray about everything with with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. God, you know what? Listen, as a father or a grandfather, does it bless us when our kids come to us and say, Dad, can I talk to you about something? Poppy, can I can I ask you a question about something? I can just tell you, when my kids or my grandkids come to me and say, hey, can I talk to you about something? It blesses me, doesn't it, you? So God's our Heavenly Father. Do you not think it's His will? Do you not think He's blessed when we come to Him and say, Heavenly Father, I need to talk to you about something. Can I can I pray with can I t- pray to you about something? God loves that. It's his will. Paul says, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. And notice again, in Christ Jesus for you. It's important. Folks, don't overlook this. It is so important that we pray and that we ask and that we go to God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our mediator. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus died for us. God rose him from the dead on the third day for us. He ascended to heaven for us. And, and the, he, he petitions God on our behalf. Listen, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That doesn't mean just going to heaven. Jesus would say, you can't come to the Father in prayer unless it's through me. Folks, if you just offer up prayers to any random God, you're not praying to the God of who sits on the throne in heaven. So you might as well be praying to some kind of tree outside your house. Because that tree, and, and listen, I, I, don't, I think it's in Ezekiel, but I'm not sure exactly where, but God, God actually says, hey, do you want to go pray to that wooden idol that you have that can't, can't move on your behalf? You want to go pray to that idol of yours that can't answer? You want to go pray to a fo- a matter of fact, I, I think about um, uh, the, the, um, the story, um, um, I can't remember who it is right now, but when he prayed and they, they prayed to their foreign gods and he said, well, maybe your God is in the bathroom because the God didn't answer. And then he said, and then he prayed to the God of heaven, the God of Israel, and God moved. Folks, there's only one true God that can move on your behalf. And that's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're a follower of Christ, that's who we pray to in Jesus' name. Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks to God, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I want, the next scripture I want to go to, go to Mark chapter 11. And in Mark chapter 11, you know, when we pray, we need to understand that we need to, to, to believe that our prayers are being answered. Um, God loves, loves it when we pray in faith. And it, when, if you flip over to, to Mark chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 22. And this is some amazing scripture. Again, I'm in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. 
And in verse 22, Jesus, it says, Jesus answered and said to them. So this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, can you imagine Jesus saying this? Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, in other words, he's saying, I'm not just tap-toeing around. I'm telling you, you can bank on this. He says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. This is an amazing statement by Jesus. Jesus says, look, if you had enough faith, you could say to this mountain right here, be, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it would be done. We can't even wrap our minds around that kind of faith. But Jesus says, have faith in God. And Jesus said, assuredly, I'm telling you, if you have faith enough and you say be, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things you say when you pray, you will have them. And let me tell you something. I've had circumstances in my life when I've said, Jesus, I'm standing on these verses in Mark chapter 11. Lord, there's a mountain in front of me regarding this particular circumstance. And mountain, I'm speaking directly to you, the mountain, the obstacle. And I'm saying, in Jesus' name, be removed and be cast into the sea. And I'm believing in this, Father, with thanksgiving, and I'm asking you to move on my behalf and remove this obstacle that right now is a mountain in this subject that I'm bringing to you. And I've seen God move in that behalf. Imagine walking in that kind of faith all the time. I'm going to take my last break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I'm talking about the power of prayer, and I'm telling you, I, you can tell by listening to me, I'm enthusiastic about prayer. I love prayer. I'm humbled by the privilege of prayer. And I will tell you that I'm not going to get through this pro, this subject matter just today. So this is actually um, the power of prayer part one. And next week, we're going to continue this, and we're going to have power of prayer part two. So I'm I'm in Mark chapter 11. I want to read these verses again and, and, and continue because this is, so important that we wrap our mind around the power of prayer and the privilege of prayer. And in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is speaking. And in verse 22 of Mark 11, Jesus says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus saying, listen, I'm telling you, he says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, in other words, Jesus says, because of what I just told you, therefore, I say to you, he's saying this again, second time in two verses that Jesus says, I say to you. In other words, it's just not anybody Flippantly speaking here, Jesus says, I say to you, 
He says in verse 24, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Folks, I'm telling you, those two verses right there, if you can reach down in your heart and believe these things, he says, do, do not doubt in your heart. This, these two verses should radically revolutionize our prayer life right there. He said, believe that you will see, receive them and you will have them. Now, listen, kind of humbling because Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus says, and, okay, so he's not done. He wants to add something to that. He says, and, and this is kind of where the rubber meets the road for some of us, Whatever you, whenever you stand praying, if, got to be careful of the small words in the Bible, the ands and the ifs. Jesus says, and when you stand praying, if, you have anything against anyone. Mm, wow, now he's getting into some sensitive area. Jesus says, you got some, you got some things you're holding, grudges you're holding against people? You got some unforgiveness towards somebody you, that, you, that you're still hanging on to? Jesus says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Notice Jesus doesn't say, get even with him. Jesus doesn't say, uh, scheme about it and think about what you... No, Jesus said, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. My wife said to me one time, she said, Craig, you don't seem to harbor unforgiveness or hold grudges um, or bitterness towards anybody. And I said, how can I? Folks, if you've heard about my past, after what God's forgiven me for, in my past, how can I not forgive anybody for anything they've done to me in my life? Jesus said, you must forgive them because your Father in heaven has forgiven you. And then he says, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I know that's two hard verses for, any, for a lot of people. But Jesus said, if God's forgiven you for you, for the things you've done wrong, why can't you forgive anybody else? But he proceeds that by saying, if you're able to forgive others, knowing God for has, given, for, for, has forgiven for you, believe anything, and God will give these things for you. My name is Craig Nedro. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm going to continue this teaching on the power of prayer next week. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you, and have a great week. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.